0: Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Solison. With me is my very, 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 very talented friend. She's my little Italian Swiss miss, the mixtress DC Gina. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's crazy. I like it. That would make me from Trentino if I was your Swiss miss and Italian.
0: So you I, like I'm, that? I'll take
1: it. I'll take it.
0: All right. So you may guess that I might take us to uh, Switzerland here. So you ready? yes okay so in 1948 good old George George and I'm probably butcher his last name so everyone will forgive me George de Mistral he was a Swiss scientist and an inventor and he decided on his perfect day perfect beautiful day to take his dog on a hike through the mountains of course he lived in Switzerland why would he not after an hour or so on this nature walk trampling through the brush and you know the, uh, that, that surrounded the trail, both man and beast were covered with cockle burrs. And you know those little cockle burrs, burrs, cockle burls, cockle burrs that actually stick to your clothes and they get in your dog's fur. Well, those are the ones. At first, George was obviously annoyed and slightly frustrated as he tried to free them both from these annoying Klingons. But oddly enough, inspiration was soon to follow. Who would have ever guessed The tiny hooks of these little pesky burrs would lead to a world changing fastener. If you haven't already guessed, George de Mistral, yes, he invented Velcro. Oh, look at that. Look at that. I like that. Yeah, apparently he took them back and put them under the microscope and figured it out, you know, figured out how that worked. And it took him about seven years, but he eventually patented Velcro. So Velcro is just one of many, many, many world-changing inventions that came out of, out of Switzerland. So on that list, which among many others, which I noted I thought were the most mind-bending, were the computer mouse, mm-hmm. aluminum foil, or aluminum foil, depending on where you come from, and of course the invention that brings us to today's designated drinker, absinthe. Please welcome the founder of Absinthe's Bottled Spirits and Cynthia Vermute herself. Welcome to the show, Absinthe. Wow. Thank you so much. How are you? Hi,
2: welcome. I'm great. How are
1: you doing? Thank you, Gina. I never knew that, just so you know that, Vel- first of all, Velcro came in there. And I, for some reason, thought that absinthe was invented in France, and I think I'm an idiot, though. So-, so sorry, <laughs> Dale DeGroff, when I was taking my classes. I... Clearly was talking. I don't know. All
0: right. Sorry. Keep going. Or drinking absinthe. Mostly talking. Mostly talking. So please share with our listeners how your journey of turning bootlegger to an award winning spirit maker all began.
2: Well, thank you. I'm really happy to be here. I first had absinthe in San Francisco at a Cacophony Society event and was a little mystified by this beautiful, uh, clear crystal bowl filled with this green liquid that was called absinthe. This was 1996. And honestly, I was a little afraid of it. I didn't know exactly what it was. It had been illegal for over 80 years at that point. And of course, everybody thought it was hallucinogenic and would make you cut your ear off and all of that. Turns out it doesn't, but I loved it so much that I got the recipe from the friend that made it, served it at a party, was nicknamed Absinthea that night, which is now the name that is on all my legal certificates and everything. It's my legal name. That's hilarious. And uh, 10 years later, Absinthe was suddenly legal. March uh, March 5th of 2007, Absinthe became legal because modern science proved that it was just as safe as any other drink. That it really was the French wine industry that didn't want to compete with it and spread all the anti-absinthe propaganda.
0: Oh, interesting! So that was one of my questions to you. I wanted to know what what was the hangup with it all. Why was that? Why was it so taboo for so long? How interesting.
2: Yeah, the uh, French wine grapes had a, uh, a disease called phylloxera, and so there was no wine available for many years in France. Oh. And that was around the time that absinthe came to. Paris and became wildly popular, was much cheaper, got you drunk faster, tasted wonderful. And when the wine was available again, nobody really cared. And that was obviously a problem financially for the wine industry.
0: Obviously. Huh. It is funny when you like dig deep enough or you just like scratch the surface. It all makes sense. Because I I, as a, you know, an average consumer, you know, of course, have heard like the, the myth behind you know, absinthe and hadn't uh, hadn't dug into the into the uh, research to figure out why. So that's so interesting.
2: Of course. Of course, it was political. Of course, it was political. Came down to money. And technically, absinthe has actually been legal in America since the repeal of the prohibition. But we didn't know that until 2007. Which is crazy, Uh, right? Yeah. Explain that to me. Because it's just a distilled spirit with herbs, it's with botanicals, yeah. because wormwood is safe, because when you distill wormwood, there's no more thujones left in it, and it's not going to harm you.
0: Oh, interesting. So it was just a, was it, let's say, a technical error then?
2: It was an anti-absence propaganda where people were saying that, that the wormwood, was very toxic. It was convulsive. What they were really describing was late stage alcoholism, not absentism.
0: <laughs> wow, I may resemble that comment. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, that's hilarious. So, t- will he, will either of you tell me what an absent spoon is? Then I do not have one with
1: me, but. Um... Yeah. So, an absinthe spoon looks like a knife or um, a spoon with holes
2: in it. Do you have one in front of you anywhere? Uh, do uh, I, not, I don't actually use absinthe spoons because yeah. I very intentionally made an absinthe that doesn't need sugar. Yeah. Interesting. Hold on. So, so like this, like holes? Okay.
0: Like in yeah, and this, your regular strainer. Yes. Yeah,
1: with a regular strainer, you'd put like a sugar cube and then you would have an absinthe fountain and you would put water in it with ice. It would have ice cold. And it would drip on the cube with the abs in it uh, very, uh, very slowly. Okay, and, so I'll show you. My first tattoo yeah, was yeah, an absinthe spoon. Yes, yeah. See it. Oh, interesting. There you go. Hilarious. There it is. <laughs> I like where it's pointing. It's nice. Um, no, but they used to, they did it because she's right. There was no,
0: it was very, very bitter um, in general. Oh, interesting. So the sugar... A, a rounded it out or allowed you know made it a little more drinkable
1: yeah right. and also it was a way to present it right so like yeah. everything like everything else presentation is, that is the best yeah. because you could take yeah. a piece of sugar throw it in water and ice but they came up with this elaborate way elaborate way to present the absinthe into a way that made people you i have to have it and it became yeah. ritualistic
2: which people are yeah. always attracted to
0: Of course, of course, I'd seen it in uh, New Orleans. I just didn't quite understand um, how it it made it to your point. It made it more of a mystery. It made it more um, exciting and different. So propaganda works.
2: This is called a balancier, And what you do is you put it on the glass. I have a uh, vintage absinthe glass here. You put it on the glass, you pour the absinthe into the glass and the water in the balencier and the water causes this to tip and it slowly drips into the glass. Oh, interesting.
0: Again, yeah. and that is That's really cool. purely for presentation. I, absolutely. I, don't,
1: <laughs> I think that uh, I think that absinthe is one of those um, categories where like I think I know a lot about it and then I don't. And it's only because I don't really I you know, I don't drink a lot of it. I use it in cocktails, but like uh, like an absinthe sweet, like susie or something like that, but like I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't, I I don't drink it after dinner or anything like that just because I'm Italian. So we drink like Sambuca or Anizat, you know, but I feel like that's the same kind of thing. Right. Almost In, in an after dinner drink
2: it is a digestif that's exactly right and one of the nice things about having it after dinner i tell my friends if you're if you've had dinner with maybe a group of older gentlemen you give them a little bit because it's got fennel and anise in it and it helps freshen the breath oh, oh nice yeah.
0: oh i think <laughs> like it's it's a little like- less stinky <laughs> 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 or you're just a little more drunk and you don't notice. Oh, Either way, it's both. a win-win. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's do, uh, so I'm really, I would love to try one. of. I, so can we try a product? Because I'm really Indeed. into this. Because I love the fact that you did, well, you could talk about your syrup. but I love this. Talk about this. Because I, I, I'm really into this. Sure.
0: So that so our that's, listeners that's know, uh, she sent us our fairy dust, which is nickel and dime uh, cocktail syrup.
2: Technically a separate business, yes. Uh, over the, you know, several decades of serving absinthe to people at parties and events, I you'd be surprised how often someone says to me, I really love absinthe, but I don't drink alcohol. What can I have? And there was really no answer to that. So when we were expanding our syrup line from the spicy caged heat, I said, I really want to do an absinthe-inspired syrup. My, my business partner in that business, Jared Hirsch, a mixologist here in Oakland, California, said, I don't think that will work. And I said, okay. And I came back to our next meeting with the ingredients, so we made it, and it was delicious. And uh, he served at his bar as an experiment, and he knew it was a success because people were ordering three cocktails of it, and that's how he knows. Uh, so we're now producing it and selling it on the website, and it's a way to enjoy absinthe. It's great with Uh, uh, alcohol or without um, but really the intention behind it was as a way to enjoy absinthe as a mocktail or absinthe inspired so it's a simple syrup with wormwood, fennel and anise
1: I love that, what a a great idea Um, I want to make a quick little cocktail can we just because I've never had a chance to try it, this is my first time um, having it, so on the back of the um, bottle it says two ounces of the gym or club soda so we'll just do a non-alcoholic drink and um, we're going to use white grapefruit. Is that okay? Yeah, that
2: sounds, sounds wonderful. Great.
1: Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pour that in into the glass. And you're saying not to mix it. Just serve it over ice. So Yeah, I mean, um, give, it it. give it a little stir. Give it a little stir. Club soda's got bubbles and shaking it would be problematic. All right. So I'm just going to do then the syrup. I'm going to do the syrup and then a little bit of crushed ice. And then we'll just do a little bit of grapefruit juice instead white grapefruit juice because I love white grapefruit juice in this time of year Um, we're on the east coast and it is still technically winter so it is our time for citrus and then we'll just do a little soda water
2: so I love these in the afternoon when I need a little something but I certainly am not ready for a cocktail
1: yeah I, I know I agree that's why I'm like super into this I was like let's do that so if you're following this recipe I'm basically just put the um syrup in the bottom of the glass added the um, crushed ice put the juice over the top and now and some soda water and now I'm just basically making a little bit of swizzle on the bottom but it's non-alcoholic just so I could try the cocked um the syrup in effect so cheers cheers, cheers. Ooh. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's, you could totally get, oh, it's so, I love the anise. The anise, it's really great. You're (laughs) right. You don't need anything with it. 100% wasn't ready for that. And it reminds me of like the, um, the little candies that you get in the Indian restaurants after you eat. Yes. The little fennel candies. Yes. So Good. I really
0: appreciate that um, the citrus with it, Gina. I think that it's really nice how those, um, uh, all of the flavors just kind of play together and um, make for a really refreshing uh, mocktail, rather. Mocktail. Do you have,
2: there's not glitter in here, right? (laughs) No, there isn't. But you know what? If you notice, it sort of looshes at the top as it, yeah. Yeah.
1: I was like, is it, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, am I like <laughs> losing my mind? Is there glittering?
0: I keep it. You are drinking it, fairy know, dust. Yeah, I don't know if you keep,
1: and I know, and I think the word dust got into my head, and I'm thinking, oh, maybe there is. I don't know, you know. That's so funny. I'm like, what, is, I'm like, this is crazy.
0: <laughs> anyway, anyway. And, and there's, there's no alcohol in it, so you can't blame that, Jana. <laughs> I,
1: I mean, it's a residual, really. <laughs> It just, you know, just, last you, night, remind, you, mean? you just to remind me that I've, I've had a couple of drinks. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I act that way anyway. So
0: it's a good way to cross through life. People will be like, is she drunk? I, I don't know. Always <laughs> leave fine. them guessing, Gina. That's the only way you keep them on the hook. You got to keep them guessing. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I love that. So um, tell us a little more about um, what you have uh, going on at Absinthea and, uh, and, uh, your journey, like I said, becoming an award-winning uh, spirit maker. That's amazing, especially considering there's so few women in the industry.
2: There's so few women in the industry. Yeah, I'm a member of the Women's Cocktail Collective, which I'm, I'm really proud to be a member of that group. Um, I actually launched the business in 2013, and I had a, a GM at a hotel say to me, very condescendingly, oh, you started a business and Asshole. I knew I had to do something. I'm, I'm an artist. That's really my background. I have a degree in photography, and so I went back and got my MBA because I really wanted to run a successful business, but I also wanted to be taken seriously as a woman in the liquor industry, mm-hmm. and so, you know, like a lot of lawyers use the word Esquire after the name. I put MBA after everything, and it really does help the perception of me as a businesswoman, um, so in 2017, we, uh, I launched the uh, Absinthe Blanche, and it just, it just took off. It's so different from most absinthe, like we were discussing earlier. It doesn't need sugar, and that's very intentional. It's very well crafted with biodynamic grapes and organic wormwood, anise, fennel, and coriander, and this afternoon, I am finally cooking my green absinthe, my absinthe vert, which I've been wanting to do for literally years. Uh, the bottles have been printed. I use screen printed bottles and um, the labels have been approved, and it took a lot of back and forth. You'll notice when the product does come out, the labels will say it's made with herbs and spices, which I would use to describe pie, not an dirt. <laughs> but that's what the TTB wanted me to say. And I just wanted to get this product out the door and was just tired of arguing with our federal government. It, it, you are not the first person to come on the show um,
0: to say that there are some really ridiculous challenges where you're just trying to be a good, um, like, uh, you inform the consumer, let them understand what they're, they're buying. And they, there's these silly rules that just... Um, just don't make a whole lot of sense. And yeah, we were uh, delayed by nearly
2: two years because of the label on the Absinthe. Blanche. We submitted it, they rejected it. I rebranded twice, it kept getting rejected. I finally hired a lawyer in DC and he submitted the very first label again just to see what would happen. It was rejected. He forgot to get the changes in on time because he got busy with another client, resubmitted it and it was approved.
0: And there's no rhyme or reason to any of that. None. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, the good news is there's a lot of room for positive change, and we can all be a part of that. Yes, I like that. Sometimes you got to look for it, right? Sometimes you got to stretch, but it's okay. So now that we've had the fairy dust, Gina, how about a... Can we do a little tasting of, uh, you know, honestly, I've had this one time way back at Tails a couple of years ago when you and I met accidentally. So I would really love to, to jump right in. Can we do that?
1: Yeah. You know, now that, that you keep talking, I feel like I met you at Tails as well with Allison and with Alan, Allison Evanaugh. And I'm like, I know. I feel, I feel like, like I, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Know, I'm, sure, I'm like, I'm sure we met. I know, like, and then the women's collective. I've done so much with that. I'm like, mm, I, I don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah. When you started talking this morning, I was like, I feel like I know her. Yeah,
0: so, yeah.
1: same, same. You I know, just... I am
0: a strong empath. You might just be, you know, through me. You know, I'd like to take, I like to take credit for it if I could. You got it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All so right, let's do a little. T- <laughs> Let me get a proper glass here.
2: Uh, so okay. the absinthe is based on vintage Swiss recipes. Uh, made here at a distiller in California. And it's made, other than the West Coast organic ingredients, which are grown in California and Oregon, it's made the exact same way absinthe was made 125, 150 years ago. Mm. So when people say, is it a true absinthe? It's absolutely true absinthe. It's, I, you know, the, they test my formula in a federal lab. It tested less than 10 parts per million of food Jones, which is mm. exactly the way it was pre ban. Um, People ask me about European absinthe, doesn't it have more Thujones permitted? Yes. Rather than 10 parts per million, it's 35 parts per million, which is sort of both two ways of saying zero. (laughs) Fancy (laughs) way of saying zero, right? Fancy way of saying zero. So if anyone's concerned that there's no Thujones in their wormwood, that's actually a good sign. If you see a brand that's advertising the amount of Thujones in it, it's probably a gimmick. It's probably not a true absinthe.
1: I mean, tasty. Like that? So tell me, yes. Yeah, so and now tell me this, right? So blanc, right? You have a blanc absinthe. Mm-hmm. And everybody's, you know, it's got to be green, green, fairy, green, 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 green. Tell me why.
2: Absinthe comes out of the still blanche. And that's what we bottle. And that's also what we're using to macerate in herbs after the distillation. And then we strain it and put it in the bottle. So it's what? really, it's distilled clear. And then you soak it in herbs to turn it green, and that's the varets. What I love about oh. the blanche is that it was very popular during the band because if you didn't turn your absinthe green and you put it in, in a, bottle, a bottle, nobody knew what it was. I mean I
1: could I I could say that about vodka too, right? I mean I feel like that's fine too. <laughs> right. No, it I love glass,
2: nobody knows.
1: It's so so I'm so I'm tasting the absinthe and I'm gonna say when you like you know, do it in a in um you know, a bell or a wine glass or whatever you're looking at, and you're looking at the legs of it. It's beautiful. So silky. It's a nice, really nice body to it. And it's nice Thank weight. You, it's not, it's not too like, you know, it, it's not, it's going to sound so stupid. It's not sticky. Right. And I, and I feel like that's always a problem that you have sometimes with like a lot of absinthe or, 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 or American absinthe. They're very, they're almost syrupy, right? Where you've made this into like a really delicate um, spirit. It's it's really beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's funny. You, again, you're the you're the expert, Gina. But that was what I anticipated. Was that really um, kind it's of? Yeah, it, it, or it, and the mouth feel. I was anticipating something sticky, like uh, thicker. Um, and to your point, this is really nice. This the um, the mouth feel on this is really nice. It's not. Uh, yeah. It, it feels. I mean, it fills your mouth. there, there is no. It's not like sh- you don't know she's there, <laughs> which in a good way, in a
2: very good I mean, way. Look at those
1: legs. They're perfectly dripping. So now add know? a little
2: cold water to it and see what happens.
1: I mean, of course, the old trick, right?
2: Uh Uh-huh. I like it. Um, When you say
0: a little, how much is a little?
2: A little is... I put between two and three parts water to one part absinthe, depending on whether or not people are used to absinthe or not. That's actually one of the nice things about the Blanche, without soaking in herbs, it's a more subtle flavor. So this is really a nice entry absinthe for people who are new to it or not used to that flavor. I think the Swiss, the French, they're much more used to fennel anise types of flavors. And Americans are really they're they're not. Our experience is, you know, cheap candies. And that's what we associate. Yeah. It's, you know, a lot of people say licorice, but it's not licorice at all. Look at that color.
1: It's gorgeous. Yeah. But you, it's such a pretty color. it's almost um, opalescent, like when you said, like, you know, that uh, that yeah. color.
0: you your a little. Yeah, it is. It is uh, definitely like mother of pearl. Uh,
1: yeah. It's beautiful. Is it, is, it, is, it opale- is that the right word? Am I saying that right? I don't know that. It,
0: opale- yeah. opale- how do you say it? Opalescent. Opalescent. What? Opalescent. No, no. Like the color, that weird color. She's yelling at people in the, in the background. <laughs> it's opalescent okay. We're telling word. We're telling you, Gina. You're opale- just not listening to Wait, us. Wait, what is it? What is it? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm oh. drinking
1: absinthe in the morning. <laughs> opalescent. opalescent. That's it. Oh, that's it. Opalescent. Thank you.
0: Uh-huh. So I think it's gone straight to her head because she's just screaming at people randomly.
1: <laughs> First of all, I'm watching my audacity meter and I'm not screaming. So thank you.
0: Janice <laughs> will <you laughs> be so that.
1: proud. All right. So I'm not yelling. I blame the mask. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm in a room full, just so we're clear and all the listeners here. Are we doing our podcast live from, uh, well, at not live, but at... Uh, Buffalo and Bergen in Capitol Hill, where there's a full restaurant running around me with people working and sandwiches going out and cocktails. And I'm like, Ow. blah, blah, yeah. blah. And people are coming to the door and they're like, what is she doing? And I'm like holding this up and I'm like, hey everybody. So I look like a so I look like Hemingway, Cameron, except I don't have a typewriter and my clothes are still on. So if I take off my clothes, then maybe I'll make it like at least a little interesting. It's a little Hemingway chilly from a, what I understand.
2: Hemingway is a great thing to bring up during an absent podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, He's a I huge fan. Believe, yes, okay. I do. I do believe that Mista uh, made the next cocktail we're going to make, right? Nice segue. Uh, yeah. Uh,
2: all let's, right.
0: Let's, let's just
1: get to it and, and uh, talk about it because I okay. feel like.
0: So, what glass? Oh, I have it right here
1: yeah you want a nice um so we're so we're gonna make a death in the afternoon and we are going to discuss why there's two different versions of that cocktail so one version of that cocktail calls for a bit of simple syrup why i said you could put it in there and one version of that cocktail says you put the absinthe straight away in there with the champagne because this is a blanche I would suggest that if you like it a little bit sweeter, that you add perhaps a quarter of a teaspoon of simple syrup. If you were going to have the vert, I would say that you might want to put, if you like it a little bit sweeter, a half an ounce of um, simple syrup. I would stay with a very fine absinthe to make the cocktail because when you use a sticky absinthe, it gets very sweet. And the drink is made to guzzle. It's yeah. basically to, basically all you're doing is you're adding a little bit of anise to your champagne. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I like that. And
2: the reason I like why the he it, I like to describe it to people as a mimosa instead of orange juices with absinthe. Yeah, but there's
1: no other juice, right? So like that's that's right. one thing. A lot of people always assume that there's like a lemon or there's pineapple, and that's a different cocktail and very good to mix with all of these things. Or, you know, put a, you know, everyone assumes to put a, you know, because it looks so plain. They're like, let me put a cherry in there. Again, it changes the cocktail and the profile of it. But anyway, so let's let's just do it. So the reason why Hemingway loved these so much and they called them Death in the Afternoons is because basically it took your champagne at 17% alcohol or less and then gave it a nice kick. So you could just <laughs> literally blame it on the champagne. And there are stories that he would take half a glass of absinthe and just top it all, and then half a glass of champagne and put it together in like a goblet
2: and not in a flute. I so, actually have his his original recipe on my website. T- tell me what it is. It's so. um, uh, several, I have to remember, several ounces of absinthe top with yep. champagne, drink three to five of these slowly all afternoon. Yeah,
1: he was an <laughs> That's animal, the recipe, which, that's awesome <laughs> but That's what I love about it. So Hemingway was an animal, right? He did everything ferociously He wrote fero- ferociously He drank ferociously he, he
2: chased ferocious animals Well, Death and in the Afternoon is the name of one of his stories About bullfighting Yeah, yeah So, we're going to, so you have your
1: absinthe in there And now we're going to take our spoon And we're going to add our champagne
2: Oh, look at that fancy and, method, I like that
1: And you're just going to do a little swizzle down the glass. And if you do this drink correctly, you should have your absinthe in the bottom, mixing with your champagne ever so slightly, and it will do all the work for you. And you have this nice little haze, and the drink looks like it has a lot of things in it, and it (laughs) has nothing but champagne and absinthe. So your brain goes bye-bye. Which I love. So I happen to have... You have so, a style of champagne you like to use with it? Anything dry. Yeah. I like a nice dry, um, it, you know, it could be sparkling wine, champagne. It doesn't matter to me. Just something really dry and it's really bubbly. Because really, the most important is that the bubbles are doing all the work. Using like something sweet like a Prosecco or something just really isn't, isn't the best. Now, I have a slight variation. I like to put a little bit of a twist across the top. And mostly because I cannot help myself for a garnish. So we're gonna I already did a little pre-garnish. So we're just gonna do a little cut and leave it on the top of the glass and and, and that's it. You know, death in the afternoon. I mean that that's it. But so I I I find everything about it to be amazing. And if you have something that you really have to, you know, work on creatively, one of these should get you there. <laughs>
2: so you know i recently changed the name of the death in the afternoon well first let's go cheers yes go cheers 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 all right tell me the new name go hopes and dreams Mm. so end of 2020 i wanted to do some social media posts about champagne cocktails death in the afternoon new year's drinks but I don't think anybody really wanted death in the afternoon at the end of 2020. We were all kind of there. <laughs> and one of the important parts of my brand, you know, I make an organic absinthe. It has, um, it has the actual wormwood screen printed on the side, growing up the side. And to me, I really wanted a brand that showed that absinthe is alive. It's not the, the goth death that so many absinthe brands are. And so when I'm working on cocktails, I'm thinking about more positive, alive names. And so Champagne is the hope and Absinthe is the dream.
0: Nice, I like it. Like this that? is actually, this, this cocktail is, I, I, again, I'm new to Absinthe altogether. And this is, um, with the Champagne, it's just really light. It is as um, heavy of a hitter as a niece is. I mean, it's not like, you, you know, it's there. It's not, it's not subtle. It's just really beautiful with the champagne though. Absolutely is never settled. <laughs> so now
1: add ninety degree weather, if not uh-huh. hotter. And start and then you're like, why did he drink five? Cause hello. It's, Cause it's it so could. hot out. And you can, and, and like you're just and like this is nice and cold. It's
0: very hot.: And rewarding. you're just
1: taking them back pretty quickly. Yeah. So like
0: I'm with you. you. Know? I, yeah. I think you did. I, I, I mean, I've been in New Orleans, and I will.
1: I mean, let's think about drinking these in New Orleans. I could put back four of these, and you're thirsty.
0: Need this a little six ounce glass, goodbye. See you later. Right. Well, tales
2: of the cocktails in July in New Orleans. Oh my and god. are all melting.
0: Oh my god, it's so melting, so melting. <laughs> um, I would say my very first trip to. To tales we recorded there and I, you know, I I Gina of course was the vet and I'm new to this but of course she's off doing business stuff during the day and I was there left at my own um, perils <laughs> but she gave me very strict rules you had to be you had to no matter what we left but no later than midnight and, like, she, you like you, you, can't drink too much. You can't be stupid. Like, she gave me, like, these really strict rules, which were great because I had no idea what I was walking into, that this is just debauchery if you let it happen. It and can be. It can be. It can be. Because it, it's so well done. It's so much fun. And you're meeting all these people. And it's right up my alley where I'm just meeting new people constantly. And, um, and you can easily just lose – your senses just a little. Um, but Wait, I She thing. gave me real yeah. rules to live by in my uh, first uh, that first time when I walked into a space that a brand was had a hairstylist doing hair, and I was like, mm-hmm. "How weird is that? Why are they doing your hair?" And she like she they were doing these updos, and I was like, "Well, I get propaganda, of course. I'm that's my gig, but why are they doing your hair?" That was my first day in New Orleans in July. I quickly realized why they were doing my hair because it—I was melting by like mid, like within an, uh, the first forty-five minutes of the day. So, uh, made sense.
2: <laughs> yeah, I find it's too hot to even wear a hat to block oh. you from the sun. You, you can't. Yeah, you can't. It's just so hot and humid. Yeah,
0: yeah. I always make sure you I go run to in the
2: morning.
1: As it. say, that's why you go to bed. So I always try to go to bed, always one night I will allow for the crazy to happen, and that's usually after I've done all my seminars, all of my, whatever I have to do, because you cannot be held accountable for what that night's going to bring. So, but I will say this, I, I'm feeling, I, I'm so happy we did this podcast today, more to reconnect and to, and to be with you and taste your product, but also, the remin- and it, it, you're right. It shouldn't be called death in the afternoon. It should be called the hopes and dreams because it's so, I don't know. You feel like so like uh, uh, awake, you know. Sparkly.
0: Sparkly. Yeah. Like fairy dust. You, you, yeah. I feel like <laughs> I, now, now
1: I want to like do my makeup and like hang out. I don't know. You know, it's like you get so used to this new life that you have uh, during COVID. You're like, oh, you know, I was going to wear a sweatshirt. It's fine. Right. Everything's always fine. Meanwhile, you look so nice. You have the beautiful green necklace. I love it. Thank you. Everybody, yeah, if anybody could ever see it, it's, it's great.
0: I always it's West have wear accessories on. It's West Coast versus East Coast.
1: <laughs> I know. I have a like, yeah, look at me. I'm like, hunkered down for the storm. Yeah, I know. I know. I, so know. I, do live, I do live
2: in Oakland, California. I have a lot. I have a huge pile of hoodies. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, what is it? I even have hoodies? absinthe hoodies. If I can do a little plug, I have absinthe hoodies available on my website.
0: Oh, you, that's you? cool. Absolutely. Yeah. So so let's do our let's do our bar keeping. You yep. know, where's yep. everyone going to go to get this recipe? We're going to go to designated
1: drinker dot show. Did you say designated drinker dot show? Yes yes okay. yes for um our tips and tricks and how tos where to buy an absinthe hoodie which i love and also where to get um absinthe yes, uh uh absinthe that's a lot to say in one word it is. and 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 also the the simple syrup which is absolutely lovely
0: See, Kudos she thinks my job is easy on the show because, you know, she has to do all the hard work at making the cocktails. And all of a sudden, when she has to remember the stuff that we have to say, she's like, that's
1: her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have a lot of other cocktail history hitting in my head. So
0: exactly. It is it is. Exactly. No. Um, so again, again you're going to be able to find we'll have all the live links that will get you to Epsinthia's products, um, including the Absinthe. The and I can't wait for your new product to drop. And then, of course. You um, and me both. <laughs> and I bet. I bet. And then definitely um, to the nickel and dime, make sure that if you're looking for that uh, that fairy dust. Who isn't looking for fairy dust? It'll be there in our in our episode notes as well as on the website, um, along with all the Gina's recipes. Okay. All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I got one. Are you one. ready? I got one. Yes. Are you ready?
1: Okay, let's do it. I'm, I'm ready. So this is our last question to you today. So everybody, you know, now is always identifies themselves with um, a, a creature or an animal. And they're like, that's my spirit animal. And I really identify myself with, um, you know, a, a, a lovelace butterfly. And you're like, oh my God, what's a lovelace butterfly? And you're like, and, and you tell them why. And it's because it navigates to North America and it's amazing and beautiful. And it's hidden in, hidden in plain sight. If you could be one spirit ingredient Spirited ingredient, and it could be for food or drink. What would you be, and why? Like what in, what embodies your spirit?
2: Well, I would say that my spirit animal is a green fairy, of course. But what's I said, your spirit ingredient? You can't spirit cook ingredient with that. Would of course be absinthe because you I can knew the answer. It. You can use it in any cocktail. I mean, I have over a hundred recipes that use absinthe on my website. I've made absinthe bitters. Um, You use a couple splashes and a corpse reviver. I like a couple drops of absinthe in my French 75s. I mean, I just think it it a little bit in every cocktail is, you know, it's a it's a great ingredient. You can use it in in cooking. So, of course, it's going to be absinthe.
0: Well, for the woman who changed her name (laughs) and born (laughs) with the right last name, which we didn't even touch on. We did not even touch on. And Gina, did you know before we go, we got to explain this.
2: Explain your last name. So my last name is Vermut, V-E-R-M-U-T. And after I had been nicknamed Absinthia, I was reading Barnaby Conrad's History of Absinthe book, which is a wonderful primer on absinthe. Very dated, of course, because it was uh, published before the ban was lifted. But there's a page in there with all these beautiful drawings of Wormwood. And on the bottom of it, it says W-E-R-M-U-T. And my brain sort of popped. And this was, of course, the days before the Internet. So I couldn't really look it up. And I started doing some research and realized that Ebsinthia's last name is German for Wormwood.
0: Ah, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I was going to see. <laughs> it's in my note, my show notes. I didn't want to miss that. I almost let it go. So I'm glad I caught it so at the good. end. So good. I know so right. my, my product
2: line, I'm of course starting with the Blanche and the verts, and I want to do, I'm, I'm planning to release a barrel aged absinthe in the fall oh. and my, my line that I want to make will be all organic products that use wormwood. So Wonderful. As, as time goes on, you'll, you'll be seeing more and more of those products. Great. We can't wait to watch. We'll definitely watch for them. And if you
0: keep us informed, we'll, uh, can't wait for you to come back. Can't wait for us all to to. be together again. Can't wait till we can all be at Tails again. I know. I won't complain about the humidity. I'm just, I just want to be back with everybody. We'll hug and be gross even then. I can't (laughs) wait. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you two, you have have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you for being on the show. Um, Again, miss you guys. Take care. Cheers. Cheers! The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company that is dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers Bobby and Mike Carducci. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts. An immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows. Your review helps our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company that's missing link dot company